Welcome to Brainwaves, bringing you the best in tabletop gaming news. I'm one of your hosts, Ian McAllister. And I'm the other host, Jamie Adams. These are the headlines for the week of the 8th of August, 2022. Wizards of the Coast magic up some record sales. UK Games Expo expands with a new convention. The Gen Con attendees find themselves the target of abuse. All this and more on this episode of Brainwaves. Wizards of the Coast has had a massive quarter two in sales, announced the parent company Hasbro on a recent earnings call. Sales were led by tabletop gaming up 15% over the same quarter last year. Magic the Gathering itself was up 11%, and it's the first time ever that that game has amassed $100 million in sales. Wizards of the Coast and the digital gaming segment of Hasbro broke 53.7% of sales as profit. Wizards of the Coast and the digital gaming segment of Hasbro broke 53.7% of sales as profit last year against a similar amount of 47% last year. In raw numbers, that's $225.6 million, up from $192.6 million last year. Overall, sales for those two were only up about 3%, and they've been pulled down by a 36% decline in digital and licensed gaming. That was up against a strong sales and release schedule last year. Hasbro's total gaming sales across the company were up 2% to $528.3 million. But news from Wizards of the Coast doesn't end there. They've also recently announced the opening of a new video game studio called Skeleton Key. It'll be focusing on AAA titles, high-end computer games. Think the sort of Hollywood blockbuster of computer games. Ones that have a, a high budget, a potentially, or supposedly, high quality. Indeed, and whether their quality is high or not is very much a matter for the critics. Christian Daly, a 20-year veteran of companies like EA and Blizzard, joins the company as vice president and studio head of Skeleton Key. Well, we're not done with the hobby game sales information quite yet. Hasbro and Wizards are not the only companies to have done well recently. ICV2, a hobby news site where we get some of our stories, tracks the sales of the hobby as best they can by talking to industry figures and reading reports out of companies like Wizards of the Coast. Their latest look at the health of the hobby looks back to 2021, where sales were up one-third to $2.69 billion from $2.03 billion in 2020. Sales grew across every category, with ICV2 noting that it could have been even better were it not for the spotty supply brought about by shipping issues that we've reported on several times. We'll also include a link to ICV2's best sellers for January to April this year, and that interestingly includes Dominion as one of the top card games, an old title that is still selling extremely well in a really consistent way. We'd also like to point you towards a couple of interesting historical sales and bits of information for Dungeons & Dragons. Thanks very much to David Wright of Tabletop Scotland for pointing this one out to us. There's a gentleman called Ben Riggs and there's an interview with him as well and he does a lot of sort of information dumps about historical Dungeons & Dragons sales and what those figures mean in comparison to modern Dungeons & Dragons sales. Some really interesting information in there. urge you to go and check it out and read the interview with him because it's really quite fascinating about the history of the game. So the hobby continues to grow. Uh, despite the cost of living crisis, we're seeing huge sales across the hobby. H how long that continuous growth lasts, I don't know. What do you think, Jimmy? I mean, I'm I'm honestly just taking a second. I uh, was blown away by that amount of financial news you've got there. Uh, usually it's me that does the financial news, so it was interesting just to sit back and let the tide of figures and sums uh, roll over me. Uh, but the financial I mean, pants are quite comfortable. I have they to are say. quite they're, comfortable. They're, so they are good. what I'm saying about the, what I'm going to say about this is there is all accounts show that a general recession is coming. I think 
it's ep- certainly it's, in the UK. Certainly in the UK, a general recession is going to be coming. I think that's going to hit things, and I, I know that's mostly America. I understand that uh, the the figures, but I think that's going to have a major impact, and that will not be good. Let's put it that way. I mean, certainly the Hasbro and Wizards figures we talked about will be global. Uh, the ICV2 information is mostly US, I believe. Uh, but yeah, so, yeah, it is going to be hard for people. Prices are going to go up. Uh, people are going to have less disposable income. I know I already have less disposable income. Yeah, it's bound to hit the hobby hard. And I think we'll not see quite the rosiest picture for later in the year. Now, the crew behind the UK Games Expo has announced a new industry event planned for the 13th of February, 2023. It will be called the Game Industry Conference. Now, from the statement, Game Industry Conference is our brand new event in the UK for the tabletop games industry. Organised by industry veterans, the show aims to support games businesses by providing a focal point for companies to grow the marketplace and disseminate knowledge and expertise. To help facilitate this, the GIC will feature these key elements. Publisher Summit. Publishers will be able to book space within our two halls to display product and meet with retailers, buyers and distributors. We encourage partners to share information and previews of upcoming releases with attendees. Games Industry Business Track. We'll provide a forum for notable industry figures to present seminars and workshops on key aspects of pursuing a successful tabletop games venture. Open Networking. With an open floor plan and breakout areas for coffee breaks and lunches, attendees will be able to make new contacts and relationships to help improve their business. There will also be opportunities for one-to-one meetings, breakout sessions, and informal social events in the evening. Now, the important thing to note is it's on the 13th of February, 2023. That is only one week after the huge industry event at the Nuremberg Toy Fair. Some might say it might not be the best idea to put that on at this time, but this is more of a UK focus rather than a global focus, so maybe it's going to have people who might not be able to attend Nuremberg for, let's say, the rising cost of living crisis. Or the problems brought about by Brexit. (laughs) You know, pick one. The gift that keeps on giving. Oh yeah, it really, really does. As we record, Gen Con, the biggest US tabletop game show, is currently in full swing. Much as everyone is looking forward to the convention, and we've been happy to see lots of happy masked up faces and photos, there was controversy before the convention even began. Several folk who advocate for a more inclusive hobby found abusive messages sent to their private phone numbers. There was some speculation that this was happening because of a data leak from Gen Con, but this has been denied by the company running the show. Gen Con put out this statement in response to the abuse. We're aware that there are harassers attempting to impersonate Gen Con attendees and staff via text and email. We encourage you not to engage with them and instead report any concerns to policy team at gencon.com or our safety consultant at mx underscore danger. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, of course. They also include a graphic stating that only emails ending at gencon.com were genuine communications from the company. That's not the only controversy that GenCon has had to contend with as the convention opened up. Last weekend, the Indiana Senate followed the lead of other states in bringing a near total ban on abortion within the state. Lone Shark Games were the first to put out a statement saying they were pulling out of the convention, which alerted us to this story. GenCon put out the following statement in response to the bill being passed. We at GenCon believe in the right to autonomy over our bodies and the right to choose. Reproductive rights are human rights. Like many of you, we are hurt, angry and frustrated by recent events, including the recent advancement of SB1 by the Indiana General Assembly. That's the bill that brought the near total ban of abortion into effect in the state. 
These actions have a direct impact on our team and our community, and we are committed to fighting for safety, tolerance, and justice in all places we operate. Taking those, those two little bits of information in, in order, it's really horrible that such abuses are happening when this should be a time to celebrate all aspects of the hobby, Gen Con getting back to sort of full-throated expression of the convention as it used to be before one thing and another all happened. Um, we hope that if Gen Con finds out who is carrying out such abuse that they will be permanently banned from this and any future events and that other conventions will follow suit in banning those individuals. If you're listening to this and you 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 know find it fun to send threatening or abusive messages to people because of something don't do it stop listening i don't want you as a listener yep i agree jamie entirely our community is a friendly inclusive one if you think it's okay to abuse people just because of their sexuality or gender or for any reason in particular and just be an absolute troll then yeah just turn us off we don't really want you as a listener ever thanks I mean, you may have been turned off already by my marxist attitudes but you know just just want to double check you know how it goes come comrades uh no <laughs> turning our attention now to the story on abortion that we just covered there it's easy to imagine that indiana's stance on abortion is going to eventually cost them the convention we reported back way 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 back in episode 16 that uh the convention at gen con had s- secured their stay in indiana until the end of 2023 until the end of next year so it may be that they will start thinking about moving the convention elsewhere in 2024 and beyond. Who knows what's going to happen there? But yeah, we'll definitely bring you updates as and when we get them. Now, Ian, I'm going to... This is just off the top of my head, so please feel free to correct me. Now, obviously, it's currently in Indianapolis, Indiana. Yes? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, originally, yes. originally, Gen Con was set up as a Dungeons & Dragons only event celebrating or celebrating but to do with gary gygax and it was in wisconsin was it i think so it's pretty much sort of set up originally by tsr okay way way back in the day not the new tsr no of course the original tsr the the original tsr except no substitutes uh that tsr way back in the day so yeah they could easily move yeah yeah that's that's, i was was just wondering i couldn't i you know you've been to jamicon before i know I'm not saying you you're a that makes you you know an expert on all of it. I'm just wondering. I've been, I've been at least uh, I've been once many moons ago. Therefore, I'm an obviously an expert, <laughs> or not. I've been for a very long time. Probably never going to go back. So I just can't afford it. I'd love to go again, but yeah, it's, it seems unlikely. Anyway, talking about updates, so let's move on to some of those, Jamie. Now, as we just mentioned, Gen Con is underway. And of course, one of the events that happens during Gen Con is the awarding of the much-vaunted Diana Jones Award. This year, the award has been given to Ajit George. Ajit is an advocate for more POC and LGBTQ plus representation in the hobby and has most recently been involved in the Dungeons & Dragons book Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel, the first book in the game's 48-year history to be written entirely by people of colour. Unfortunately, Ajit was not able to collect the award in person, instead giving that responsibility to Indrani, who is heavily responsible for a lot of tabletop role-playing game stuff in India. Now, the statement she read out, I'd like to read in full. As a young woman living in India, the idea of a career in games was a laughable pipe dream to me. Under Ajit's mentorship, I found myself doing things that once felt genuinely impossible for a person halfway across the world from a thriving games industry. Ajit's decade-long advocacy for people of colour is nothing short of revolutionary. His commitment to creating an equitable games industry has given so many people of colour the support, guidance and validation we need to succeed, 
all things we have historically been denied. Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel, the newest D&D anthology led by Ajit, is a testament to the incredible art people of colour can produce when they have the platform and resources for it. Of the many things I've learned from him, I want to share one bit. If you have the power to hire, the experience to mentor, or the connections to open doors, use it to uplift people of colour. One day we will pay it forward. Change can begin with just one person choosing to make a difference. Ajit's monumental work is proof of that. Huge congratulations to Ajit. And this is the first year of a shiny new Diana Jones Award after last year's incident that we covered in episode 83, I believe, where the original Diana Jones Award, the Perspex Pyramid, containing the last fragment of the TSR Indiana Jones RPG that was critically mauled by critics, uh, it got lost in the mail. Still, nobody knows where it is. So this is a shiny new pyramid with the names of all the previous winners on it. Yeah, and very nice it looks too. Brilliant. On Cast 103, we highlighted the issues that Mythic Games are running into with delivering their Darkest Dungeon Kickstarter, the board game based on the hit computer game. Mythic has pleaded with its backers to reserve their ire for Mythic, not the Gamebound team. In an update post titled A Little Understanding, they said... Dear backers, the current request for contributions to help deliver your Darkest Dungeon pledge comes exclusively from Mythic Games. GameFound and any other platform that we use for communication and funding are not associated nor responsible for the decision we have had to make. Please do not transfer your frustration at us onto them. They too are trying to help us weather the storm. This solution was something that we've been working very hard to avoid and have exhausted all possibilities before making it. Our sincerest apologies, Team Mythic. It is worth noting that when I went to check this statement today that you cannot comment directly on the GameFound page. I don't know whether they've changed that or whether there was comments there before. No idea, really. Uh, Mythic still having issues with this. Um, there was a lot of ire directed towards them. But please actually you know, direct your frustrations towards the correct people. And don't be nasty about it. They're, they're having problems. They're running into issues. Their statement that we read out last time was a bit weird and sounded like they'd kidnapped your games. But I'm sure that is not the case. They are trying to reach a solution and they need some degree of help. I just wonder if we're going to keep seeing this kind of thing. I think shipping's getting a wee bit better now, but we're still going to run into these problems as the global situation fluctuates wildly. Jamie, you've got some wee updates from the fantastic saga of Jameson Stone and Satine Phoenix. Yes, regular listeners will know that we have been covering this for a wee while. The Jameson Stone saga just keeps on developing, with the latest revelations being from site Dicebreaker. They have an interview with Rick Hines, who is one of the lead writers on Red Opera and then the Sirens project that Apotheosis Studios, Stone's studio, had taken on. The article is definitely worth reading yourself. Now, we won't cover everything here, obviously, but it includes allegations of Stone attempting to change the contracts halfway through, going over the heads of Hines to the bands that originally inspired the books to secure more money, Abuse, non-payment of fees, books being cooked, and, well, quite a list, isn't it? Much, much more, yeah. I mean, we've said it before, and we'll say it again. These two folks should never work in the hobby ever again. Jameson Stone, Team Phoenix should be done forever. Apotheosis Studios put Stone back on the site, which is just great. Like, they'll pretend you won't notice. Uh, I don't know if they, they had events planned at Gen Con. I know that. But I don't know whether they went ahead or not. I'm going to assume no at the moment because it would seem very strange to turn up considering the ire that is being currently directed towards them and all the stories coming out and continuing to come out. It, like like Jamie said at the top of this, 
it's the gift that keeps on giving. I don't know the gift that way. keeps on giving. It's it's more a curse that keeps on giving. Yeah, I was going to say fair. I think we should let's reserve that little part of maybe it didn't go ahead until well next podcast when Gen Con will be over and we will know exactly pretty much what went on. Indeed, and if you know what went on, if you saw them at the con uh, or that they were still running events, then let us know. We'd be really interested to find that out. You may remember me announcing that we had an affiliation with Geek & Son a couple of casts ago. They are a UK-based manufacturer of high-end board game tables. Geek & Son have come under fire from the Dragon's Tomb YouTube channel, amongst others, for not giving sites like ourselves the chance to actually get one of their tables to use and review properly before endorsing and signing up to the affiliation program. We urge you to watch that video, we'll put a link to it in the show notes. It's pretty funny. Uh, they basically do a whole bit about like this wonderful table they have to review, and they have no table. It's pretty good. Geek & Son issued the following statement on their Facebook page after the video went out. Hi there everyone, Geek & Son here. We'd love to talk with you all about the video from the Dragon's Tomb, which by the way we admire for its unique take, and we won't lie that we did have a short laugh after watching it. Let's start with saying that we treat our customers and what we do seriously and with the utmost respect. We've created tons of high quality tables for many customers and we've received good reviews and stories of how our tables help players have fun. We're proud of what we do and we are unrelenting in making sure that our tables are a testament to our hard work. It's very easy to search for videos with reviews of our tables even here on YouTube and we're proud to receive the praise we did. We've never shied away from the criticism either and we love honest opinions about our tables. That's why we try our hardest to show up at as many conventions as possible and showcase our tables for anyone who is interested. Unfortunately, the video, whilst funny as parody, has brought our sales team and support staff aggressive and threatening emails, which is a little out of proportion to the fun nature of the video. We are a small group of passionate people working together to produce great tables. This is our job, but we are here because of our customers, and we are dedicated to bringing them what they want at a price point that enables us to function as a company. We welcome the comments, but please keep them constructive. If anyone like a genuine answer to any query, please email us directly. So Geek & Sun have been under a little abuse by the sounds of it, and that's certainly not on, but uh, I know I I would like to issue a personal apology to your listeners and followers. I got a bit caught up in the excitement of having such a potential big affiliation, and that on reflection, I should have never have signed up to without actually having laid my hands on a table for a decent length of time. They're they've offered to like basically show us tables at their like showroom and that kind of thing, and I have seen their tables in real life at cons, but it's not the same as the actually using a product and actually experiencing it over time and then telling you what that actual experience is like without a salesperson hanging over your shoulder wondering what you're thinking. Uh, I should not have endorsed a product that basically I had no real practical experience of, and especially one as expensive as Geek & Sun tables. These tables are mostly in the thousands of pounds, thousands of dollar range. Uh, I've sent an email back to Geek & Sun at the moment saying that I would not be pursuing the affiliate program with them at this stage, uh, as have several other people that I've spoken to who also received a reach out from Geek & Sun. So, yeah, companies like this, yeah, I, I've definitely mucked up here. Hands up, ha hands up, you know, happens now and again. But, like, companies, if you're reaching out to sites like ourselves for affiliation to get your affiliate links on there, don't see us as free advertising. That's not what we are. We want to work with you. Yeah, we might like your product and want to help you out, but it has to be right for us, has to be right for our listeners and our and readers or whatever the format of your particular content is. Don't just see it as a free advert. We were out requested to like plaster our page with Geek & Sun stuff, and we're not going to do that because we don't want to ruin our site with lots of advertising. So yeah, 
companies respect us we'll respect you and i'm sure we'll sort out some kind of affiliation properly but for now we're not doing it a mutually beneficial relationship yeah that's what better we're for, for everyone yeah. involved funnily enough yeah absolutely we want to give an honest appraisal of your tables and yeah we know they're expensive but it does require us to have one to play on and if Geek and Son, even if it's like a discounted table or something like that, you know, I can understand them not wanting to give them to everybody they've reached out to for free, because that's going to be very expensive for them. Some kind of discount would be great, so we can consider buying a table and then reviewing it properly and we'd use it in videos. You'll get photos of it taken with us playing games in it. It'll be constantly there. What's not to like about that situation? Anyway. North Star Games, publishers of the Evolution series amongst many other titles, has announced its strategic rebranding. The company name is changing to North Star Game Studio, and they have revealed a new logo and decided to concentrate only on the hobby games market. The founder and president, Dominique Crapouchet, said the following in a statement on the company's site. Over the years, we published exciting, award-winning titles, catering to a wide variety of players. Everything from party games to kids' games to family games to digital apps. I love all types of games, but we were too small to be everything to everyone. We needed to streamline our approach. To do this, we've sold the Happy Planet brand designed for toy and speciality and licensed worldwide rights to Wits and Wagers and Say Anything to Mattel. We can now focus entirely on board games, cardboard and digital, for hobby gamers. Hopefully, this means you. When I started North Star Games, I thought of us as a company that crafted premium board games for all sorts of people. Board games are what united the company's vision. The focus was on crafting games, but not on the relationship with our customers. Somewhere over the years, we've lost touch with you. That was a mistake. By focusing on one market, we can spend more time crafting new games and build a more interactive relationship with the community. Getting feedback from those who know our games best and publishing titles that you don't just buy but bring to the table again and again. I mean, I was honestly not aware that they owned Wits and Wagers at all. I, I only really knew them through the hobby games side of things, like because I have Oceans and I've played a couple of their other games as well. So, so yeah, you're the uh, kind of people they're talking about, Ian. I am. I'm oh. amazing. <laughs> Are you? Wait, well, yeah. uh, citation yeah. I mean, needed, I, mate. I, 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 fair, fair. Uh, but yeah, I, I think that last line there, I'm, I'm publishing titles that you don't just buy, but bring back to the table again and again is kind of interesting. There's a, a sort of a, an implication that they want to like, concentrate on making more sort of evergreen titles things that people will just like sort of play play again and again and like actually be in hobby shops to buy it would be interesting to see what that means for them in terms of like how big their catalog is are they going to strip down so uh, like some of their titles are they going to like only produce fewer games each year maybe produce bigger a few like really core titles who knows well Trying certainly to do keep a, a method similar to aeg i believe who announced several years ago they were going to stop doing lots and lots and lots of games and try and focus on a few games that were supposedly higher quality. Did they manage that? Do we think? I don't know. I haven't really seen much of AEG's output recently. Although if you give me a second, I will... I think the last game they released was Dead Reckoning on Kickstarter. And that's the sort of... Um, using their, um, you know, uh, clear cards, card building thing that um, I can't remember the designer... Okay, I searched AEG and I came up with a uh, cooker spare parts website. So I have gone yeah, to the wrong place. AEG a- a- is, uh, is a yeah, cooker company it. as well. Yeah, Entertainment Group. I don't know. Dead uh, Reckoning, here Dead we Reckoning. are. Uh, John DeClaire, that's the designer. Uh, John RSD DeClaire. and O'Toole. 
Oh, there we go. I know there's a game called Wormholes coming, which has kind of... Yeah, that's uh, the same guy me. did Tiny Towns. Uh, Steve McPherson, is it, I think? Peter McPherson. Peter McPherson, thank you. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, that's that's two games this year, for instance. It's not a huge amount, but it's some. And Dead Reckoning was a big, expensive Kickstarter. I think they're doing, they've got an expansion coming out and a new a new Kickstarter soon for or crowdfunding of some description for an, another one. Okay. I don't, know whether that's it. I don't know whether that's available in more general retail. I think it's available at Gen Con, but I don't know if it's available wider, more than that. Yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I'm not sure if companies actually stick to it or not. We'll see. We'll see. It's everyone's favorite segment, Pokemon Crime Time. Yeah, you should not catch them all if they belong to someone else. Approximately $200,000 worth of Pokemon cards were stolen from the South Carolina home of Christopher Polidoro on July 13th. The goods were valued at more than $500,000, but in an email to game site Polygon, a sheriff's alpha spokesman disputed that figure. The owner bought the cards in 2014 for $431,000, and the collection supposedly contained three boxes of unopened cards and a rare Japanese edition of a card, though which one we don't know. The collection was not insured, so Christopher is going to be out of pocket if the cards are not recovered. And I guess the main moral of this story is, if you have valuable stuff like this, if you're a collector of that kind of thing, and that's really valuable to you, again, just please insure your things. Insure your things, because who knows what could go wrong? All sorts of things. I had a bike stolen once. Got it, got it back on insurance. These things happen. No one fault. Well, thief's fault, I guess, but... No, it's very fault. definitely the thief's fault, Ian. Definitely the thief's fault. What? Anyway, folks, if you've had enough of the news, you can come and join us in our exclusive Patreon lounge at Giant Brain HQ. You can meet our wonderful executive producers, James Naylor and Sean Newman. We'll put links to all bits and their bits and pieces in the show notes, or you can come along and have a nice you know, gin and tonic or coffee with them and have a chat to them in our Patreon lounge. And if you'd like to give us a wee bit of feedback about the cast, if you're a regular listener or if you just listen to one or two, we'd love to he- hear what you think of the cast. I am currently being mentored as part of the Tabletop Mentorship Programme. And the thing I'm being mentored for is podcasting. Uh, one of the suggestions from my mentor was I put out a survey to get a bit of feedback about where we might take the cast in the future, what you like about it now, what we might add in the future. We'll put a link to the survey in the show notes. just takes a few minutes. It's not very long. It's only like 10 questions max and a little bit of space to write your own comments if you want to. So yeah, if you could take your uh, a little bit of time to do that, we'd really, really appreciate it. Tabletop Scotland is coming up on the 27th and 28th of August. Jamie and I are really looking forward to that. It's going to be our first convention really since ever, uh, since the pandemic began. So we're really looking forward to it, playing lots of games. If you see us at the con, do come and say hi. We'll be playing games, checking out all the retailers, and you can come and show us what you think is awesome at the con. Do come and say hi. And also coming up a little bit later in the year, Tabletop Gaming Live is happening on the 17th and 18th of September in Manchester. We'll put details of that in the show notes and you can go and check that out. We will be getting down to that one ourselves. Uh, but yeah, it should be a good time. Hope you hope you enjoy yourself if you go. And last but not least, Jamie, it's the rise of the robots. Yes, now I did have a Monopoly news story for you, but I'll be honest, it wasn't great now i'm not saying that monopoly news i've done before has all been stellar but this one just felt a little slapdash and and thrown together so instead a new a new story from earlier this week we've never been slapdash and thrown together jamie (laughs) how dare you suggest we're slapdashian how dare i suggest it even how dare you jamie terminator hal 9000 the various robots in irobot like sunny ai 
David from AI. Robots from films that warn us of the potential dangers of a robotic future. Those fears have now been given form by, that's right, the world of chess. Dun, dun, dun. On the 19th of July, in a chess tournament in Russia, a child was playing against a chess robot that could move pieces around the board with a robotic hand. In response to one move made by the robot, the child made a quick response. And in response to that, the robot grabbed the child's finger and broke it. Sergei Lazarev, president of the Moscow Chess Federation, said, The robot broke the child's finger. This is, of course, bad. Sergei Smajin, vice president of the Russian Chess Federation, said of the incident, There are certain safety rules, and the child apparently violated them. When he made his move, he did not realise he first had to wait. This is an extremely rare case, the first I can recall. Now, the child did play games the next day and managed to finish the tournament. No idea what happened to the robot, though. I will say that blaming the child is... I mean, that's, that, that's, a, that's, that's a take. Uh, yeah, it certainly is. <laughs> it was something... Uh, reading the article was quite eye-opening. It's, it's something to do with just with the way the robot responds. It has a certain timer, basically, in it between moves. And, yeah, it saw the child doing something and responded weirdly. But no, nothing to fear there. Ro- just robots breaking fingers. Definitely nothing strange going on there. Terrible. <laughs> the robot. The robots are coming for our chess pieces. They're coming for our go board soon. Oh, I'd be really delicate robot hand to be able to move go pieces around. Like, like really delicate. I'd have to. Yeah, that'd be impressive. Anyway, folks, thank you very much for listening. If you like what you listen to, then the best way to help us out is to share the podcast and drop us a review and rating on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And if you'd really like to join our community, we've got a Discord as well. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. You're most welcome along. And every Tuesday after the cast goes out, we have a little games night. You can both come play some games with us or just chat with our friendly community. Website's giantbrain.co.uk. And if you'd like to contact us about any of the stories we've covered this cast or anything you'd like us to cover in the future, you can email us at thegiantbrainuk at gmail.com. Thank you very much for listening. Bye for now. Bye.